Hi there, Joe Satriani calling. Sean Patrick getting ready to talk to you, my friend. How you doing? Very good. How are you today? I am good, man. Uh, thank you for taking some time out. My, my pleasure. I found out, I guess, a few weeks ago and they hit me up about the interview that you are uh, partners with Wentworth Gallery with some artwork. So tell me first off about your artwork and how you got involved with Wentworth Galleries. Oh, uh, wow. How do I describe my artwork? Well, I'm one weird character, that's for sure. That's what everybody tells me when they look at my artwork. <laughs> So I should warn you over the phone that I've you know got some crazy ideas about artwork, but um, I love doing it. Been doing it you know my whole life, different ways. You know my fans got used to it, seeing it on my guitar straps and picks and album CD covers, all kinds of packaging and stage setup and things like that. Um, and then I started moving into after I did a digital art book, I wanted to learn about canvas stuff. My wife's an artist. My son became an artist. Grew up with the, two of my older sisters who were professional artists as well. So it was always the materials. Like in every place I lived, it was always canvases and solvents and paints of all kinds. So maybe about six, seven, eight years ago, I said, you know, I really want to know what it's all about. I want to get my fingers dirty with this stuff. And I started uh, to take cues from my wife about how to deal with paint and brushes and things like that. I found I really liked it. It was like playing guitar, you know. When you play electric guitar and you're playing rock music on stage around the world, it's a pretty scruffy affair. And uh, But that's how you get the best music out, you know, is get your fingernails dirty. So I just sort of expanded into it. I like to paint inner emotions of faces of people. I like the idea of reminding the world that we're in outer space. You know, the earth isn't like a garden <laughs> into itself and everything else is on the other side of the wall. We're actually part of the whole cosmic thing. So I kind of like to, you know, break down that barrier and, and, and show that a lot of our fears are really sort of fun little sides of our humanity. So, uh, but it comes off looking pretty crazy. <laughs> what, when I do these shows, it's like people always ask me, like, man, what are you smoking? You know, so, uh, I don't smoke. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I know this is the longest explanation ever. So, you know, I know you've got digital razor blades. You can cut this up any way you like. But um, I was doing a session with the guys from Scene 4 Art Collective. And there, these two guys down in L.A., Corey and Ravi, have this amazing art project where they put a musician in a dark room on their drum kit or playing their electric guitar, in my case. They put some gloves on you that are uh, laced with LED lights, and they take these time exposure photographs of you rocking out in the dark, and Robbie manipulates them in the computer uh, to create these beautiful uh, expressions of like uh, music and creativity with all these colors that are generated from a human performance. And so I was doing this session with them, and I just happened to mention that I was getting into uh, canvas work, uh, as I just explained to you. So I started showing them some pictures, and they said, oh, we should collaborate. So we'll, we'll print some stuff based on your artwork and some other stuff, and then we'll send you the canvases, and then you can paint on top of them. And I thought, oh, that's really crazy. So we started doing that. It was a very successful run the last number of years, creating these prints and original pieces of artwork where we collaborate. And at some point, uh, Corey at Scene 4 said, I think you should be in gallery. So they represented me and and introduced me to Christian O'Mahony, who uh, runs uh, the Wentworth Gallery chain up and down the East Coast there. Uh, Christian has been a great supporter, and he doesn't mind that I'm completely crazy and off my... <laughs> 
off my planet, so to speak. So he's just sort of telling me, just go with it, you know, just uh, whatever you want. And, you know, he, every once in a while, I'll send him a picture of a, you know, a painting of an old truck or an uh, American flag or, you know, and it's, you know, accompanied by a bunch of alien heads and other things like that. And he doesn't seem to mind. He just lets me be creative. So it's been a great association. That's awesome, man. By the way, I'm not going to cut this up. It's just going to be titled Joe Satani Rambles On About Art. <laughs> <laughs> Good title. <laughs> so I've interviewed a lot of musicians that have teamed up with Christian and Wentworth, Rick Allen and Def Leppard, Paul Stanley and Kiss, Mickey Hart of the Grateful Dead. Something a little different with your showing is afterwards, members of Wentworth gallery they get a little performance as well correct yeah i'm so happy about that because you know i i i'm kind of a shy person and um i you know i become something else once i get the guitar on and i get to play my music i feel really comfortable like i'm in my element but standing around a gallery and talking to people that's kind of you know it's a bit nerve-wracking for me and uh so when we started uh doing these guitars initially christian was thinking you know just go crazy, make them art pieces that are in cases, and you don't have to make them so playable. But then I wound up having these extra guitars that actually were really playable, and they were similar to the ones that I had done for Ibanez on two separate occasions, um, where we took the highest end of my model, and we very carefully did some uh, illustrations, and then the company finished them, and, and they wound up being pro models. But they weren't as artistic, I, let's say. They were geared more towards the working musician. So we started talking about, you know, the two projects, the Ibanez project and the, and the Wentworth project, and we thought, well, we should come up with a third one that makes a little bit more sense, where we push the art element, you know, as far as it can go, but we still make the guitars playable. And so that's what we've been uh, embarking on uh, for the last, I don't know, six or nine months. And it's been great. I just sent four off uh, last week that turned out really amazing. I've got uh, four more in the pipeline that are coming back from my finisher. So, uh, you know, we, we're doing this harder shell on the exterior of the guitars after they're painted so they can withstand somebody taking them out and, you know, playing clubs every week or something like that. As, as, uh, as you were asking, yeah, I get to stand up at the end of the show or maybe at the beginning and give a performance. And then if someone buys one of the guitars, they can come up and jam with me. Uh, and so that's been great. We did it once before in, in Tennessee at the Monsters on the Mountain Festival. And uh, it was great for me. I mean, I'd never done a thing where I actually played my music and also had an art showing at the same time. You know, it was really great. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a really cool, unique experience, especially for fans of Joe Satriani. I do want to pass along, I forgot to mention, uh, March 11th, you will be at Wentworth Galleries here in Atlantic City from 6 to 9, and then the following day over in PA at King of Prussia from 1 to 4. If you want to head on out there, say hello to Joe, and of course, uh, maybe maybe get some of his artwork, maybe jam with him as, as well. That's pretty cool. And speaking of your playing, right after this, I was it April through June. You're a busy man. I, I see you're going to be spending uh, pretty much uh, that whole time over in Europe playing shows. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy about that. We, you know, we had to cancel that tour three times. And but our good friends and and partners over uh, in Europe uh, kept all the dates and all the venues. And we just had a minimal amount of shuffling around of things. But we're finally getting back to play for our fans in Europe, and it's been quite a while. We got two new records to play for them, and a new band. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that you know, finally we're getting back out there again and 
we, we get to have fun with our favorite people on stage. So about an hour ago, I, I talked to another uh, guitar player, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Oh, great. We were just talking about his catalog, and he's celebrating his uh, Trouble Is record. And I asked him, I said, going back and playing maybe some of the songs you haven't played in a long time, or your entire catalog, and he's done a lot of work with a lot of people. I go, how do you remember it all? And he goes, it just it's there, and like I might need a few seconds to remember, and then it just all comes back to me. Now, you have a much bigger catalog, and you worked with a million other artists and stuff. Do you remember all all the pieces of music you've done, or is there some that you just look at going, I have no idea? <laughs> it's kind of like what Kenny said. You know, there's a there might be a moment where you go, how did I do that again? And then you know, you start playing, and about 15 seconds later, you go, oh yeah, that's right. You know, because you, you're I don't know. It seems like your body remembers, and uh, but you can't be thinking of every song that you've ever learned all at the same time. You know, it's just too much for your brain. So your brain has a way of putting things way back in the back of the drawer, so to speak, you know, uh, unless you really need it. So, But, you know, it's like I'm one of those players that really likes to prepare for a tour so I never have to think like that. I, I, can't, uh, I can't enjoy it if I'm thinking, you know, that I need five seconds or so to remember something because <laughs> then the band has moved on, you know. <laughs> You've only really got a microsecond to, you know, to make sure that ev- everything that's coming in the next beat, the next half a beat, you know exactly what it's supposed to be. Otherwise, you really can't perform. You- you're going to just be standing there on stage staring at your guitar not really engaging in the audience. So I like to like run like a set that we're doing. Let's say right now we're doing these two uh, one-hour sets with an intermission. That's a lot of songs, and it's a lot of choices, I guess, because we, as musicians, you know, pros, you remember everything, and it's not a question of remembering the, the notes in general. It's the question of which version am I feeling most comfortable with, and is it going to be the the best version of. So, because that's what we're dealing with is we've got a million choices to play one phrase, but which is the one that we think is really great? And am I prepared to do that one? You know, uh, so I'll prepare. I like to run the set twice a day for about three or four weeks before a tour. Then I know when I walk out on stage, I can just like run around like an idiot if I feel like it, and, and <laughs> I won't miss a beat. You know, more talking about learning and, and all the music that you do know. We talked last year, and I know there was a real quick, there was a possibility of this little Van Halen project. Happening. I know it didn't happen, but did you at any point in time while this was being discussed, did you go and sit down and, and start learning some of the Eddie Licks, uh, or did you not get that far? No, I, I did. And I'll tell you a funny thing is that I was a big fan of Eddie Van Halen ever, ever since they first came out. I just, I just thought he was amazing. I was so happy he showed up, sort of rescued guitar playing, you know. But as time went on, when I, when I became a solo artist, I realized that I shouldn't really learn exactly how he's doing all this because I'll, I'll steal it, you know. <laughs> I won't do it, you know, on purpose, but it'll just sort of start to seep in because I'm a fan, so I thought I should, I should just enjoy it. I'll put on the Van Halen records, but I won't let my fingers learn exactly how he does it. And that way, I won't, you know, copy him, you know, out of respect. So, uh, of course, after I got that call from Alex and Dave, I thought to myself, you know, I don't really know how to play this stuff. <laughs> I know how it goes like a fan. I know every note, but I, I, I don't think my fingers have ever actually done it. So I did spend a while doing it, and it was so much fun, and it was so much hard work because nobody can play like Eddie. I mean, that's 
every guitar player will tell you that there's some, you know, there's a lot actually, not some. There's a lot of magic there that can't be replicated. You can memorize all the notes. It's, you know, there are YouTube videos to show you exactly how Eddie did it, and there's transcriptions of everything. So you can memorize the bits, but it doesn't come off sounding like him because he was just so full of life when he played. It's just everything was fresh and, and uh, improvised and his special gift was the fact that he was brilliant and he just put it all that a positive energy into playing. Um, and so the best you can do is to celebrate it, you know, and I think that's the key. And I, in a way, I, that's what I got from Alex and talking with him is that they weren't looking for the person to best imitate him. And, and, and I, you know, I mentioned, I said, you know, I don't think I can run around like Eddie did in 78. Everybody kind of remembers that, you know, the, the late 70s, early 80s. But um, I was thinking, you know, since Eddie and I are pretty much the same age, I said, yeah, the last couple of shows, uh, tours he was doing, he was pretty much standing still and putting it all onto the fretboard, you know. But uh, yes, and I, I got—I have to say, in answer to your question, I really enjoyed it. The scariest offer you would ever get as a guitar player to try to replace somebody like Eddie, and yeah, in, in many ways, I'm just hoping that Wolfie does it. <laughs> he, sh he should just do it, and if it ever gets done, and and uh, because he's the only one that really comes close to nailing it. Yeah, well, he's, he showed us that those Taylor Hawkins tributes, he, he can do it. Yeah. It was amazing. Your other connection to Van Halen, of course, was Sammy and Mikey with Chickenfoot. I know it's been well over a decade since anything has happened or anything, but do you guys ever talk about doing anything else with the band? Oh, yeah. We're always threatening each other with the idea that we should go back in the studio and try this, try that. And yeah, I, it, it seemed like in the last couple of months it came up again and everyone just went, oh, everyone's got a new album and they're out on tour doing something. So, um, yeah. And the thing, the Eddie Van Halen tribute kind of complicated matters. It's a difficult situation between Aldo. No, Van Halen, there's no difficulties there at all. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, wow, this is like so calm, just me painting and going on tour doing my instrumentals. I don't, maybe I should just do that. <laughs> Wait for the dust to settle. <laughs> Before you head out to Europe, you're going to be our way here in Atlantic City on March 11th. That is a uh, Saturday from 6 to 9 at the Wentworth Galleries at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino here in Atlantic City. And then the following day, 1 to 4, King of Prussia, Wentworth Galleries, which is uh, Sunday, March 12th. So uh, definitely stop out there. Joe, it's always a pleasure. I love your stories, and we've dove into the Van Halen thing before and always a pleasure talking with you and uh, hopefully I'll be able to stop out in AC and see you uh, and if not hopefully we'll get some uh, local dates real soon uh, once you're done with your we'll see you on stage here in the States yes that'd be great thanks Sean awesome Joe take care okay bye bye